Welcome to Talking Heads Classic Game Podcast. As I'm, I'm queuing. We still got Reese in the background doing something or other, and Jamie has returned, and for yet another episode. Hello, everybody. How so, are doing? Well, same old, same old. So, as you probably know, before the coming podcast was more or less just last minute, the original plan was to have last week's podcast be sent on Mega Man X. Now. We're actually going to stick to that, and hopefully, hey, actually, hey, talk about how the X series. So, Reese, any experience with the series? Literally none at all ever. Jamie, uh, Mega Man. Uh, the only experience I have is playing whatever Mega Man game is available on the Nintendo Switch Online. It, no, there isn't any Mega Man games for Nintendo Switch Online. All six NES games are bundled into collection. Okay. So, there was really is no... I see as no point, really, because... Has the Nintendo Switch Online NES selection, if it doesn't have the Mega Man games or Castlevania, the only things I'm going to play on it are maybe the Mario Tires and most likely Kirby's Adventure. But yes, as Mega Man... I've sure played Mega Man on, on the NES... Thing, the NES, uh, the NES. Yeah, 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 on the Switch. The vir- no, Virtual Console is strictly Wii, 3DS, Wii okay. U, but we're not talking about classic Mega Man. And he- Mega Man X. So, as some of you may know, back in the early 90s, Capcom decided to make a darker and edgier generation of, of Mega Man known as Mega Man X. And as a series chronology, it is set 100 years after the events of the classic series for a brand new protagonist called Mega Man X. No, he is not at the original Mega Man just as an adult. Because as we all know, robots should not have the ability to age unless they have multiple bodies. And he's set for that sort of lifespan. We're getting into FNAF lore here, so let's just uh-huh. has to move on. And so the X series began with X1 and Nintendo, and this has considered to be the be- one of the best games in the franchise, and by extension, one of the best games on the has SNES. Has now the idea as again, Darker Energy and Mega Man, a little less like Astro Boy and more like the Terminator to quote some call me hey Johnny. It is a slight exaggeration, but fiends are a lot more hard edgy, as it were. Hey, so oh what is Mega Man X in terms of the character? Well, like the original, he was created by Dr. Light, only this time at the tail end of the good doctor's life. And X was supposed to be hey, this his brand new a robot that could think and and feel like any other human being. Classic Mega Man was sort of already doing that as the series went on, but whatever. Dark Light was as trying to make his magnum opus, but unfortunately when and the process was said and done, and he realized because of X's potential, he would be the most dangerous thing on the planet. So, X had to be sealed for intended to be 30 years to test his morality, but it ended up being 100 years because his Dr. Light never had any kids, so there was no one to continue his legacy, which also means that everyone in the classic series died because reasons. And so 100 years later, X was unearthed by Dr. Kane. And his technological specifications ended up being impressive enough for Kane to create Raploids. It's short for Replicant Androids, which are basically supposed to be X-only inferior in many ways 
including a lack of an anti-fire software, which made them go berserk, become a danger to humans, and first the term Maverick was has given to them. Um, an organization called the Maverick Contest was formed to deal with this. However, their commander, the Sigma, ended up getting locked in an epic battle with a son, red, and a blonde ponytailed tailed a robot that's hanging out in an abandoned lab. I think, think a certain and Reese will know exactly who I'm talking about. We're not talking about the Boba Fett knockoff. We're talking about Zero. Hey. So yeah. Well, you've got any other topics you can add to this, because uh, hey. I don't really. Well, we're talking about Zero, who, as m most people already know, is the last creation of Dr. Wily. Hey, who knows about where he came from, why he was berserk. Heck, but after their encounter, Sigma got infected by a strange virus, they also ended up uh, making Zero more sane. And, and so... How Zero ended up climbing the ranks of the Maverick Contest, eventually becoming the best friend of X. Sigma became a Maverick, and did bad things, and then we got to the point where we are now. How X and Zero vowed to stop Sigma from killing all the non-existent humans, and that's pretty much that's the setup for the original Mega Man X. Now, as some people already know, X1 got a remake for the PSP for which was known as Maverick Hunter X, which, when and you beat the game with X, unlocked an OVA called the Day of Sigma that had does shed some light on previous events, though it does contradict some things that were elaborated on in X4. Because Maverick Hunter X is supposed to be the start of a new take on Mega Man X in terms of the overall continuity. But I guess I should actually talk about that gameplay now. As you already know, Mega Man, thanks to the likes of Egoraptor, can be best summarized as Jump and Shoot Man. And with, with this in mind, and well, that's basically what you're doing. Hey, the main differences between hey, classic hey, Mega Man and Mega Man X when starting out bare bones is that Ed X can already charge his, his buster shots from the get-go, and can, and has a built-in energy equalizer, which means, means that the weapon with the lowest amount of energy will have be given, and priority in terms of, have refills, fills, and also wall jumping. Hey, however, after, had X runs into a hopeless boss fight with fire on his right armor. Uh, Zero comes in to save the day, and believe me, he'll do that a lot. Right, he encourages X to reach his full potential and, and to not give up, also saying he releases X, and that's pretty much has to set up for going into the eight, eight Maverick stages. And yup, Mega Man X, X just more or less becomes a more hardcore, hard classic Mega Man that's also faster paced. Haste, by finding. I need leg egg upgrade and chill penguin stage, which is impossible to miss, by the way. 
Hey, X gets the ability to dash. Hedge, which Hedge can extend the length of his jumps. Hunts, Hunts and overall makes Hicks traversal a lot at more fast paced. And, well, there's not much I can say that hasn't been said about X1. Maybe we'll consider to be the greatest in the X series, bar none. And there's not much else I can say. I actually consider it to be one of my favorite games of all, all time, and it's, it's a pretty solid experience. Hence, with very few things I think are genuinely bad with the game, such as the fact that it was clear that a lot of the stages and bosses were not designed to go at without the dash. Hence, meaning, painted replayability is sort of, sort of knocked down a peg because, well, you can't exactly do a lot without the dash. And it feels like you're just playing in a Mega Man game where you've got a charge shot and right, a wall jump from the start, and enemies can be a lot quicker than you'd expect. But, time to get into the main in 8 Mavericks. We've got Chill Penguin, and Spark Mandrill, Armored Armadillo, Launch Octopus, Boomer Kurena. Uh, Steam Chameleon, Storm Eagle, and Flame Mammoth. The Mavericks are more or less the Robot Masters, just animal themed. And, and, and it typically plays out as you'd expect. Right, go for the eight stages, fight the bosses, use the weapons you get from them. I'm in a specific order to make the game easier, but her X1 set a huge standard for the X series, which would involve a lot of collectibles. Else, with this in mind, and, and that's part of what makes Mega Man X a lot more distinct. You actually have to find upgrades to your health, get sub-tanks, and even get armor upgrades for X, X to enhance its performance it's in the game. And hard tanks raise your max health by 2 units apiece, and there's 8 of them total, so you get 16 units of extra health. The sub-tanks are more or less like the E-tanks from on classic Mega Man, and this time allowing you to actually gain energy as you go and consume it whenever you want and not have the sub tank disappear. A consequence of this, however, is that that energy is permanently consumed and you will have to essentially grind and to get more health for it. And the armor upgrades, it's combined together for an entire armor. When you find a capsule, you can equip at this specific part immediately. Hey, no questions asked. The like upgrade as I established already gives X a dash, and the ability to break certain blocks is by while jumping off of them. Um, the helmet upgrade does the same as the ladder function for the leg parts, only by jumping into them, and it's one of the weakest upgrades in the entire thing. And there's also all the arm parts, allowing a third charge shot at level for X, they can also enable him to charge the special weapons, each giving them a secondary purpose. And the body parts are just a simple reduced damage taken by I half. And when you find a single capsule with a hard token that can one shot 
anything in the game as long as you're at max health and can import the Hadouken motion just fine. That's more or less as the game payment in a nutshell. One thing I do like, like when it comes to stage design, is that some levels can be affected depending on how what Mavericks you've already taken out. If you go to Flame Mavericks stage after killing Chill Penguin, and all lava is gonna will just be frozen over, essentially removing quite a bit of the challenge that comes with it. Hit, hit, kill Storm Eagle, and Spark Mandrel's house power plant will have a few blackouts, but there's also not as much energy going into it, and the mini boss is now a lot more pathetic. And the only other one I can remember is. Stink Chameleon's stage gain flooded a bit by at launch Octopus dying, which is only really going to affect how you get an E-Tank. So it's not really all that important. And, and as for Hardy likes, thanks to the Sigma Palace stages, which are a typical, typical Wily Castle levels at the end, and they're actually pretty solid. And the first one has a section it's suspended high above a bottomless pit that can actually be a bit of a pain to get through, but it's otherwise entirely manageable. Oh, oh, and that Zero sacrifices himself for you to destroy Vile's ride armor to make things more even. He's blown in half, he dies, and he's never coming back. Ever. Except not really, because he actually does come back. But yeah. Huh. Now, in terms of others I can praise about on X1, on the sprite work is phenomenal. Oh, oh, for the first Mega Man game on the SNES, they, they actually put in a lot of effort to show the technical prowess the SNES could allow for Mega Man in general. And it's still a good looking game today. The animations are smooth as butter, unless you get the iOS version. And... And everything just just looks great. The soundtrack is also a positive. I have to note, well, as it's it's actually got had some pretty good had rock music. I think for for the SNES standards, like if you listened to the opening stage, H theme or Storm Eagles theme, you would get the idea of what the soundtrack would be. In like, but it's also not afraid to throw in a few more intimidating tracks as well. Oh, in short, X1 soundtrack is one of the best in the franchise, and it's definitely something worth checking out. Out, and once you've killed Sigma after fighting him with his lightsaber, and defeating a wolf mech with his head embedded into it, that's pretty much the end of the game, you see. His his fortress fall into the ocean, and then X ponders as about uh, why Hyraploids must fight for the sake of a better future. And trust me, that uh, part of X's character is not going to get old anytime soon. So what do I think of Mega Man X One as a whole? One of the best games in a, a series, and definitely I made one hell of a first impression. It was given flack at release and not changing up too much on the formula, but as Super Mario World uh, can get away with more or less being a Mario free, but with a broken power up in exchange for uh, a very few power ups, and of course Yoshi, 
Hey, Nen, I don't see why Mega Man X was... X should be given a flag for not changing out the formula too much. It did what I needed to do, and that's fine. And I also like how the intro stage teaches you a lot of the game's mechanics. X via its level design, instead of being a blunt tutorial that uh, tells you how to do this very obvious thing. But now I should... Uh, so, Reese, opinions on X1 from what you've been hearing from me? That's pretty good summary, actually. If you want to get X1, the best, best ways to get it are either via the SNES Classic or Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 and for the PS or Xbox One and Switch and, and PC via Steam. And I do need... Need to say this, this right now. Oh, oh, don't get the iOS version. Just don't, don't. And if you've played the original extensively, it is not a good version. Hell, you could even just emulate the original Mega Man on X on 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 an iOS device if you were desperate enough. So just don't. Don't even bother. Uh, with the iOS version, it's also available on 3DS as a real virtual console, but I highly doubt anyone's going to be focusing on those these days. But now I should probably go over the various sequels. X2. How it was released is the year after. And it's generally a pretty good sequel all around. And the Lamp of Mavericks is good. And the special weapons have taken a bit of a hidden crawly to the point where I only use them to get upgrades it's, or hunt defeat bosses faster. And most of the time, I'm, I'm, the sound font of the soundtrack could be a bit better, but it's still got a pretty damn I'm good OST. And specifically stuff like the opening stage, Zero's theme, X Hunter has stage one. And the list goes on. And in terms of X's armor upgrades, it's a step up from X1 in every way. The head parts can allow you to detect hidden passageways. Hence, the body parts not only they have the amount of damage you take, but also how it gives you access to a screen nuke once you've taken enough damage. Edge D. Her leg parts gives you an air dash, which also means X has to dash from the start in X2, which is amazing. And the arm parts give X, X access to not only the ability to charge all special weapons, but that he can also uh, use as a double charge shot, uh, which can tear through enemies and has even had a more effective option against certain bosses than their respective weaknesses. It was also the game that introduced the concept of, of bonus bosses you could find while exploring the levels. Well, specifically, the X hunters that each have a part of the deceased Zero. Because yes, Zero does get resurrected in X2. Because we totally don't need to make that a trend. And But it is a pretty grandiose return off he's considered. And my opinion of the X hunters, because of the mechanics behind them, namely, be two Maverick stages, as an LP, but you also gotta keep an eye out for how many stages you cleared, otherwise one of them will permanently disappear if you haven't killed at least one of them, and the list goes on. Trust me, when I say you're probably better off using 
in the strike chain from um, Wire Sponge, the first member queue should take on to try and, and get the arm parts in Ryogaya stage early to have an, an easier time against them. Um, but if you have, have this skill uh, with have dashing and wall jumps and whatnot, had to be able to aim your shots just fine, that shouldn't be too much of a problem. Um, but I do think that a side quest of gaining all the zero parts is really there just to avoid a fight with the guy hey, later on, which you're not gonna all will probably be a, a bit of consumption of your uh, sub tanks. And yes, again, those do come back. Like, level design of wall was generally pretty solid, although some um, upgrades can be hidden by high, more or less guide height worthy. Hey, methods. It's like, if you want to get a body parts in Morph Moth stage, it's an absolute pain unless you spam the search function on your helmet parts, and that's like the X-ray scope in Super Metroid where you just don't do that. So, yeah. But what I, I think of X. Oh, wait, I should also mention. And Sigma comes back from the dead. However, unlike like literally every other uh, game after X2, it was foreshadowed in X1 that he wasn't entirely dead and was able to come back someday. And he's spoiling Wolver Wolverine Claws as in the first phase of Sparsight. That's neat. neat. But, but soon afterwards, X just takes care of him like he normally does. As with have Sigma and not being able to understand that Zero refused to side with him, noting that he's the last of the Doctor's creations. Again, if you play Dex 4, you'll know that this Doctor in question is other than, other than Dr. Wari. So... Bit of a later arrival spoiler. How at the end of the day? Hey. Hey, X and Zero watch over the sunset at... Wonder why Reploids must fight each other, and for the sake of upholding peace, he's, and then X will conveniently forget how the sure you can he can obtain a game which is also a one-hit kill move that you require to be at full health for, and requires the sure you can's more complicated input than the likes. Thanks to the Hadouken. And but overall, oh X2 is a pretty good sequel, all things considered. I don't consider it to be the absolute best of what the franchise has to offer, but it's, it's certainly better than so many other X games out there. So if you can get Legacy Collection 1, go for it. It's not a bad investment. But now, all I've got to talk about X3. The one title in the series that was developed by an outsourced dev known as Minakuchi Engineering, the ones responsible behind Dark Mega Man The Wily Wars and the Game Boy games. And X3, his plot goes like this. Dr. Doppler is a reploid scientist that has managed to use his neurocomputer to cure any irregular behavior found in Mavericks and and bring them into a more peaceful home and tally. In short order, uh, he gained a, a large following, even gained a town named after him, but eventually 
all of his subjects end up going maverick, Hank Doppler himself included, and X-Zero rush out to stop this. And from now on, it's more or less just another plot of kill the mavericks. Thanks, though you do get to play a zero, but we'll get him later. However, as we know, Sigma is behind it and in short time, I mean, he's taking care of us well. However, the reason reveal for why Doppler turned Maverick is because as a Sigma's influence, as apparently his true form is that of a computer virus, which actually, all things considered, makes a lot of sense. It does allow for a convenient way to I'll explain why he keeps getting resurrected, but it also how it works, considering that, you know, Sigma was as a reploid to begin with, and first being a virus born and from that could easily have an influence over any other reploids. Right, however, uh, uh, it's almost like people will eventually forget that uh, that little plot point is a thing in later titles, and Sigma just comes back for the hell of it. Right, so, oh yeah. Huh, now I gotta talk about X3's gameplay and, uh, ooh. It turned out the difficulty big time on this one. On X3, is considered by, by many to be one of the more frustrating games to play, and that's because, as being blunt, bosses can kill you in three hits at your lowest health bar, something that was not possible in X1 and our X2. Oh, enemy design feels like it's generally designed to make you stop and unobserved your surroundings, which, while would be acceptable for classic Mega Man, and kinda goes against the faster-paced nature of the X-Series. Anyways, and before I talk about the armor greats X gets, let's talk about Zero. Oh, Keiji Unifune's true love have finally gets me playable, and it's honestly a bit of a, a mess, because Zero can be summed up as a weaker version of a maxed-out X. Meaning, early game he is as useful in some areas, but once you get to late game and even sacrifice him to get his Z-Saber, there is no point of ever playing as him again. Except again to get his Z-Saber because of the setup required. Heard. Zero's basic moves that includes a dash, a double charge shot, followed by a Z-Saber if has charged to the max. And that's it. Again, just another X. But he can't use special weapons, and for some dumb reason, he can't even go into bar stores. Alright, so he can't fight any of the. He can't fight Bit or Bite, and he can't fight any of the Mavericks. Which is stupid. Hey, this new project at being made by a fan is. is able to circulate this by making Zero a lot more useful. Oh, and even giving him his own unique tweaks to further enhance the experience. So you've got a spare SNES emulator somewhere, get a zero project. From what I've seen, it's actually a pretty good way to play X3. Hey, but now I gotta quickly talk about X's armor upgrades. The foot parts allow him to air dash not only horizontally, but also vertically. The body parts reduce damage like usual, but instead of a giga attack, he does get a force seal that take, let, decreases the damage even further for at least one hit. He gets a double charge shot with the arm parts just fine, however, be, if you try to use both shots at once, it becomes a wide shot that can be a bit inaccurate, 
hits at tons, though you can still charge special weapons in this meta. And the head parts allow X to get a deep a general map of the entire area with a decent idea of where the upgrades are, which is neat. The third armor also comes with a bunch of chip upgrades, it's including head parts allow you to regenerate your health and sub-tanks, thanks while standing still and that can't take a while. Your yarn parts can allow you to shoot multiple charge shots, it's allowing to charge them up at the cost of, you know, weapon ammunition, and no, it is given its own separate bar. The body parts give you a shield that can last as long as it wants. That's for a set amount of time without any hits taking it off prematurely. And the leg parts give you a second air dash, which also means you can dash jump and then air dash. And it feels so good. Also, with the right setup, X can obtain zero C saber. And with the basic arm parts, it does have a decent range weapon that can deal how pretty strong hits and hell. Hell, any enemy coming into contact with the saber itself. Health well. But this way, bosses lose half their health because of it. It's so it is overpowered. However, I do think that the game should have been a bit more accessible for regular X from the beginning because you take way too much damage and that means you have to go oh code oh Omega just to get hit any heart tanks and sub tanks you can find to give yourself an edge which does present a bit of of early game in punishment and if you're playing this on Legacy Collection, I might actually recommend Rookie Hunter mode unless you've played X1 and 2 extensively and know how the ins and outs of X's control. Another gameplay fan should bring up is the fact that Bitbite and Vile Mark 2 can actually return for the in castle stages if you didn't and kill them with one of their weakness weapons. But unlike the X Hunters in X2, you do actually get a different boss if you do kill them beforehand, so it is pretty. He neat. So, I should also just quickly go over the last scenes I need to talk about. Music is as heavy on, on the hard rock this time, more so than X1. And it was composed by. Hmm. I don't know. Well, I don't remember her name, but she did compose the music for the original Castlevania, a soundtrack which most people love. Of how are the similarly sounding instruments can make a lot of the songs blend in with one another. And graphically it's it's not bad. And it's still pretty good. It's just more or less on par with X1 and 2. X2 if we did end up getting any ability to produce wireframe and graphics in game, which also made their cartridges cost a lot more. And by extension they were how much harder to buy back on that release, much less now what it can fetch for a pretty penny. Hey, but in my opinion, after SNES, as Trilogy of X games, X3 to me is the weakest. And it's because where I do like some of the ideas it presents, it becomes a bit too much of a hassle at times, it also doesn't help that some of the levels take, take, take a good while to blaze through. Oh. Oh, like, two examples of a really long level I can think of are Tunnel Rhino and Neon Tiger, uh, who's... And Neon Tiger's song sounds a lot like 
hug my hey Michelle by Guns N' Roses. Hey, Reese, you listen to that song? Um, my, not my Michelle, but a lot more Guns N' Roses. Well, oh, in case the her crowd wants to hear for themselves, here's Neon Tiger Seema try to see if it connects with my Michelle. Yeah, you get the point. But now it's time to move on, on to the beginning of the PlayStation era X4. Before I do that, I should also mention X3 got released on the PlayStation 1, Sega Saturn, and PC. The PC version, I think, was the only way the 32 bit version of X3 was available for Americans at first. As the PS1 version is more or less just got a different soundtrack, which I honestly don't think is better than the SNES original, but that's. That's an argument for another day. And it contains animated cutscenes, which are actually pretty good after the time. But don't play a Saturn version. It. It. The port is considered to be one of the worst tiles for that system. I'll leave it at that. So, time to move on to X4. The first true leap into the 32 bit era. And now, looking at how long the podcast is going. I think I might actually want to save X5 to 8 for another episode. But yes, Mega Man X4 was the first of the PlayStation 1 Mega Man X titles, else that wasn't X3. Hey, and it's considered by many to be one of the best games in the series, and in some cases better than X1. And honestly, I consider the two games neck and neck. But I should go over the story before I go any deeper. At the beginning, and we see this guy named the General talk to a mysterious figure who's clearly Sigma, and Sigma's trying to wait him over to the dark side. However, it doesn't work because the General doesn't want to betray the humans that create him and the Rebel Force, and just asks Sigma to leave. With Sigma saying that he would see things differently soon enough, totally not ominous. X Zero go to check out. Uh, Skyler Gooch is currently being assaulted and eventually cl- crashes as to the surface, killing thousands of innocent humans and reploids. Yeah! So after killing a giant dragon, an X Zero come across the Colonel. Oh, who? Oh, was just there to try and uh, make sure his sister Iris is okay, who gets rescued by Zero. However, huh. Uh, despite I'd saying that the Rebel Force was not responsible for the attack, and it was true at the end of the day, hey, Colonel refuses to disarm at X and Zero's request because we're bringing honor and shame to the Rebel Force. And first, Rebel Force decides to become independent, and because as their pride stops them from seeing common sense, and Zero becomes just as guilty about this in some cases, and at the end of the day, it's a bit of a stupid excuse plot. Uh, because no one seems to actually think things through. X is just going through the motions while Zero has to deal you know, with the fact that hey, he may have to uh, fight and kill how people close to him, you know. Colonel, who's more or less a war buddy of Zero, and Zero also has the hearts 
that's for Colonel's sister, Iris. As you expect, Colonel, he'll get beaten by Zuo and and considers it a happy death, but Iris clearly doesn't pick up on that. That, that tries to kill Zuo herself with some weird ride armor thing. Zuo accidentally and kills her, and then he asks that's what he's fighting for in one of her most infamous examples of 90s video game voice acting quality. And then Sigma eventually gets that's killed. It's also when we find out that Zero used to be a Maverick before turning to the good side, and Sigma was the leader of the Maverick Hunters. But that's pretty much, much it. I'm skimming over a lot of details, I didn't even mention how X gets. That's an ally named Double who turns out to be a double agent, but also gets killed in the end because yes, yes, and that's more or less it. If I'm gonna be brutally honest, X Wars story is actually the weakest thing about it, as it's just not that well thought out. Oh, it also doesn't help that Hot Zero and Colonel both are from Pride, and here's the best part. Colonel's pride was built into him. So. Colonel was programmed to never back down from a fight. And Iris, because she couldn't handle the emotional stress, more or less went insane. But yes, I should probably just get on with the aesthetics and music before I talk about the gameplay. Hey, aesthetically, for the first title in the series, I mean, yeah, it does have some pre rendered stuff at times, but the. Her hand-drawn sprite work is... Oh, <laughs> it's some of the best you're gonna get on the console. Oh, and X and Zero's sprite animations are smooth. Not to the point of Alucard from Symphony of the Night smooth, but pretty damn... I'm good nonetheless. However... Oh, I should also mention that yes, there are some pre-rendered uh, backgrounds and... And sprites at times they do look a little unpolished, like the free colored sigma hands of the final boss. They aren't exactly the best fiends in the world. Oh, but everything else checks out, and the aesthetic of the, the game in general oh, is a massive step up. Like the power of the PlayStation for 2D based basically games compared to the SNES, it's night and day. And the soundtrack, like it does take away on a sync. Ink in, and but I honestly consider it to be one of the best in this series. Anyways, with such great themes such as opening stage for both X and Zero, Frost Walrus's first a section, Split Mushrooms theme, Magma Dragoon's theme, Jet Steamway's theme, Storm Owl's theme. There's a lot kind of good stuff here. But now I should probably just move on to the gameplay. X plays more or less exactly how he, he did start from X2 we had to dash from the get-go, so nothing's changed there. And the special weapons, okay, I skipped the ones in X3, but again, I don't really see a lot of use in them. Another triad fund is one of the best ones in X3. But yeah, in terms of the X4 weapons, I actually think they're one of the weakest weapon lineups that's in the X series by far, as I will only use them um, for getting upgrades or killing Mavericks faster. That's it, nah, nothing else, because the power of your charge shot is just as much more practical, especially once you get the armor upgrades. But I should probably talk about how X is 4th armor, the foot parts allowing the air dash, 
as horizontally and instead of a vertical air dash, you get to be like a hover. Though as you move about, the amount of time you get to hover is significantly reduced. The body parts have the damage he takes and gives him the Nova Strike, which is a dashing attack in a similar manner to the charge Speed Burner, and it does make you invincible while doing so. X's head parts allow him to have infinite use of any special weapons as long as they're not charged, which means you can at least try to check out the special weapons to see if they're any good to you. Oh, and the arm parts, there's actually two! Oh, one can allow you to stock up to four charge shots, and the other is a massive plasma charge shot that depending on how many enemies it hits, can leave behind three orbs that can gradually waste away at their health. Get the plasma charge shot, because it's ultimately the better option. And the ultimate armor is more or less has the fourth armor with the plasma charge shot, and an infinitely spammable Nova Strike, which makes it basically easy mode. How it times times 420, I guess. But you do have to input a cheat code to even get uh, to show up. Even then, you have to find it in a light capsule. Oh, the other one in Red Spider Stage is the easiest one to go to. I should probably talk about Zero's gameplay now. Instead of have more or less being a, a weaker version of a stronger X at the end game, he now focuses on close quarters combat, using his Z-Zero to tear enemies apart. And with the exception of his Giga Attack, heck of the day, his techniques do not require ammunition and can be spent as much as you want. I will say this right now, because of Zero's up close and personal nature, he is much the hard mode, but once you get good with him, it is amazing, just tearing through oh, everything and with such, such grace as with Saber. Uh, he's also home to the dash cancel technique where you spam the dash in the first C-Saber slash multiple times and because it doesn't trick a lot of invincible frames or a lot of bosses, can shred their health down significantly. Hey, and it's why I used to take care of Slash Beast because like some other Mavericks, Zero doesn't have a good weakness as technique for him. Him, him, Zero also gets the air dash as a, a technique from a Maverick, as well as the double jump, which more or less instantly makes him ban an, an X. X. I would go deeper into his gameplay style, hell, but another thing I should point out about Zero, aside from the Black Zero skin that can be used via cheat code that does absolutely nothing other than change his color. Hi. Uh, the Z-Saber uh, gameplay is still amazing because one of the best things about it is the animations of when he uses this uh, Saber uh, are well defined like like wherever the uh, Z-Saber sprite is being swung that's the part of the animation that will uh, connect with enemies as an attack uh, and I love it and, like, playing X4, Zero has sort of more or less gradually become my favorite way to play the game. It also generally helps that they, they try to tease Zero's, Zero's origins and that makes him a more interesting character. Even if you have to listen to him wonder why he's fighting for. Alright, not helping matters that X4's voice acting and has similar talent work from Mega Man 8. Hate. No, I do appreciate the animated cutscenes. Hate. One problem I do have with X-Force is that prior to Legacy Collection 1, Europeans had no convenient way of getting it. The X-Collection for GameCube PS2 was American exclusive, and on both consoles that were region-locked. 
and the original copy can be hard to find, and for a good price, as you ask me. So just get on the Legacy Collection, and it's really the best way to uh, play it. Though Americans do at least have the benefit of playing it via the PlayStation 3 on the... Anybody buying it off the PlayStation Store. But at the end of the day, would I consider X4 to be a good game in the series? Absolutely! I mean, it's one of the best has X titles to date. Hate music, hate general aesthetics, the gameplay. Stories is not great though, but overall, it is an excellent experience and a good successor to the original Mega Man X. Now, Reese, after hearing about X2 to 4, or what's the opinions you can gather? I would play them when given the opportunity. He does play a game in Xbox One at some point, so he will be able to play in Legacy Collection 1. And we're at 45 minutes now. I think I should just leave X5 to 8 for another episode. But bottom line, and here's that X1, X2, and X4 are pretty good games. X is you want to have a bit more challenge. And but it still has some of the better titles. Compared to the next three games out of X4, which sort of put the X series in a, a darker light in terms of overall quality. But I think we're going to have to end it here. Jamie had to leave for, uh, I presume, work-based reasons, and Reese had no experience, so this is more or less me talking a lot. So... Well, we'll see you next time. I'm for on the coverage of X5 to 8. And until then, have a nice day.